you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, socially distancing away from the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. <laughs> uh, all right, what is this? It's been, it's been over a week, right? We're still surviving, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, we are. You, we are. Uh, yesterday was interesting. Uh, Matthew and I went out to Target and there was toilet paper. And I got toilet wow. paper and I thought it was like gold. It's ridiculous. and <laughs> But it was funny, too, because we got there. And there was literally like five or six, you know, sort of packages of it mm-hmm. gone, like literally within oh, sure. within 30 seconds of us getting there. We just got lucky and got it. Um, but um, weird times, bro. Weird times. And, yeah, you know, man. with with Matthew home, you have to 
kind of make sure he gets all of his schoolwork done and you know you've got work to do yourself and you got to keep yourself from going crazy so but i mean it's all good brother we're still working and uh a note to everyone out there we're going to be doing two podcasts this week so make sure yeah yeah a little a little housekeeper we're going to do a, yeah. a couple of week uh at least for the foreseeable future there'll be shorter podcasts we're not going to do the you know 45 minutes to an hour we're going to try to keep them hopefully around half an hour or so but we'll get them to you hopefully ideally on tuesdays and thursday so this being tuesday uh it is our first one of the week and we'll see you again in a couple of days we have plenty to talk about there are news headlines we'll do our winners and losers uh from free agency with all the guys who have changed teams so far so we'll actually Keep you updated on that. But of course, uh, we can't do this without talking to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, how you feeling over there? I'm all right. Um, like I kind of said last week, trying to find the, the pauses and stuff. So, you know, we have, uh, you know, two shows this week and probably going forward, which is fun. Keeps me occupied. We have uh, keep using like finding new programs to use so we could uh, all video <laughs> chat together. You guys got the new microphone. So it's like slowly but surely we're, uh, you know, we're kind of figuring out this whole uh, recording from home during this quarantine thing. And, uh, you know, recording an hour with you guys is an hour less. We have to worry about this whole virus and stuff. And we have some fun here talking NFL football. So, you know, it can't beat that. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's do some news. Let's do the news. Uh, we will start with a big one that happened just this morning. In fact, just uh, maybe an hour or so ago before we recorded this thing. The Carolina Panthers have announced they are releasing Cam Newton. Uh, we talk about the end of an era in New England with Tom Brady deciding he was going to leave and go to Tampa Bay. This is the end of an era, Fabs, in Carolina. Cam Newton has been the Panthers pretty much since he was drafted by the team. He has been the face of the organization. So he is gone. The Panthers get nothing uh, in return but I would think, Fabs, for Cam, I can't imagine he's going to be out of work very long. Yeah, and you mentioned the New England Patriots. Does he fall right in Belichick's <laughs> lap? I mean, right? They're looking at Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham right now. So the, the Panthers were never going to get anything for him because right now with the coronavirus situation, you, you can't do any medical examinations on Cam. And he missed most right. of last season. So. I'm not surprised that they're going to release him, especially after they signed Bridgewater. And now you're looking at where New England's right at the top of the list. Right? And mm -hmm. who else, who else needs a quarterback more than, than the Patriots at this point uh, out of the teams that are likely to not draft one. So apparently our power Ian Rappaport had said that the bears and the chargers were offered some sort of deals involving cam. They didn't want him. The bears traded for Foles. They're probably out. They have Trubisky as well. The Chargers have Tyrod, and they're going to draft a quarterback. You know, no, no, it's yeah. Stewart or Justin Herbert. I mean, it's going to be somebody. So they don't really need him either. So I think New England and Cam match made in heaven. Maybe I, I am. I will say I am amazed at the Chargers' willpower. Right? Apparently, I mean, I know for a long time now the talk has been that they love Justin Herbert. That, that is where they want to go. And if that's right. the case, look, I admire their staying power with the guys that have popped up on the market. I know they apparently made a run at Tom Brady, and when that didn't happen, I guess they've fallen back to that. But, and look, I love Tyrod. I, I want to see him succeed. I just, man, like, I feel like if Cam's out there, why not pull the trigger on it? And then still, you can still draft your guy and then see if maybe he takes over for Cam in a couple of years. The Bears, I don't know what the Bears are doing because they missed out on Brady. <laughs> and then nobody knows what the Bears are doing. Yeah. The Bears I have no idea what the Bears, Bears are doing. They missed out on Mahomes <laughs> and Watson, and since then it's been all downhill. 
yeah, I have no idea what they're doing. But uh, hey, look, if the Chargers have a plan, good on them for sticking to it. Um, I would have thought maybe they'd make a run at Cam Newton, but but who, who knows? Um, and of course, we will. You know, when he signs somewhere, we'll get you the update on that. We'll get you our. You know, stay stay tuned to this podcast to our respective social handles uh, because we'll have analysis whenever Cam lands somewhere else. Uh, let's catch up on a few things though, that we didn't get to last week. Things that happened after we recorded our podcast. Uh, you guys probably know about them, but we'll give you our quick spin on them as well. Todd Gurley was released by the Rams. Not quite twenty four hours later, he was signed by the Atlanta Falcons. A one year deal. $5 million, Fab, this isn't costing the Falcons a whole lot. And if Gurley is healthy and right, they're getting themselves a really quality running back right there. Yeah, dude, I, I, I said that on Network last week. I'm like, I think Atlanta's the best fit, but can they afford him because their cap situation uh, wasn't, isn't the best? Well, they afforded him, and it's a great spot for him because Freeman's gone. Maybe they draft the running back of the future because it's only a one-year deal with Kim, but you would think he's going to be their guy, and as long as his knees can hold up, He's an RB2 at worst, right? I mean, touches are going to be there. He's 25 years yeah. old. I mean, I get it with the knees, but he'll get the touches. <laughs> he's only 25. I mean, it's funny because the way we've talked about know, him in crazy. the last year or so, you would have thought I he's know. like 35. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I did write I did write on NFL.com. I had a little spin on it. My, my one thought that I think is exciting for him is that I feel like going to Atlanta – he will be a bigger part of the passing game than he was last year with the Rams. That was the thing that shocked us all that they just didn't target him. And I have a feeling maybe in Atlanta, Matt Ryan will throw the ball his way a few more times, which look in our, in our now PPR world that boosts his value. If he's getting, look, he's not going to get, you know, 90 targets, but if he's getting back to you know, 60, 70 targets, then I feel like, you know, that, that, potential value goes up a little bit that's what i'm looking forward to yeah no doubt uh and i actually just posted my rankings uh on nfl.com i tweeted them out and i have Gurley right there in the middle sort of as a as a running back too he's in the same sort of boat uh, as david johnson is at this point i have Gurley at 15 at running back johnson at 16 you're right they're going to give him the football and the offense is going to score points. And if he's involved as a pass catcher, which we all know he can do because he, he had success with the Rams uh, before last season as a pass catcher, uh, dude, he, he could end up being maybe not an elite running back, but a pretty damn good RB too. It's all about the knees, man. It's all about the knees, all about the knees. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Another running back news, uh, Melvin Gordon staying in the division. He leaves the chargers. He goes to the Broncos, signs a two year deal there. My immediate takeaway is that this is pretty much a wrap for Royce Freeman in a Broncos uniform. Uh, I think he's kind of buried now on that depth chart. If he even stays there, we'll see. Uh, Melvin Gordon slides into me as the running back one in that offense, but it's going to, I can't imagine it not being a rotation fans. I can't imagine Philip Lindsay not seeing at least a significant kind of workload, even with Melvin Gordon yeah, there. No doubt. They're, I mean, they're bringing in Gordon in to start and they're going to use Lindsay. I, I would think too, that, that Freeman could be on the move. Because I don't know that they need all three. And if all three make the final roster, then forget it. It's going to be a nightmare if you have any one of them. And probably one of our Freeman. I don't think he'll be drafted if he stays with the, with the Broncos. But, I mean, I have Gordon ranked as like a, as like a low RB2 high flex for, uh, for, for 2020. And, I mean, he's long been a top eight running back. Every single season outside of his rookie year, I mean, he's been, he's been really good. So – it's a downgrade. It's, it's it, he's one of the guys mm-hmm. that we uh, you know we, we typically expect to have uh, you know eleven hundred yards on the ground uh, you know double digit touchdowns. I mean I don't see that happening in Denver. 
no, I can't imagine that happening in Denver. Um, how do we feel about the? Yeah, we haven't really got gotten to our full winners and losers yet. But how do we feel about Drew Locke now? I mean, look, they 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 get Melvin Gordon. They've got some young wide receivers. They potentially draft somebody else. I mean, I don't know that that Drew Locke is flying off draft boards outside of dynasty leagues. But um, I mean, is he at least worth a a deep league look right now? Deep league, yeah, no question. It's just. The, the quarterback position is loaded. So right. know, a guy like Drew Locke is probably not going to get a whole lot of love in, in redrafts. I mean, he was okay last season, but he was just a rookie. He's going to have mm-hmm. uh, hell if Denver drafts you know, like rugs or somebody, I mean, imagine the, the, the passing game that they could potentially have in Denver right. with, with Corlin Sutton, of course, uh, already in tow, but uh, yeah, he's, he's a late rounder to me at best. And I guess you could consider him a deep sleeper because if Denver sure. does have a stacked offense, uh, Locke will have an opportunity to uh, to put up some decent points. But for me, more of a, a late run flyer, more of a guy that maybe you're going to utilize in the matchups as a DFS play. But um, nobody who's going to come in and make you know a Mahomesian type of impact. That's for sure. <laughs> right, no doubt. Uh, Eric Ebron going to Pittsburgh signs a two year deal with the Steelers there. Um, I think this is a good fit for him. Uh, you know, he gets out of Indianapolis where he was sharing the spotlight with Jack Doyle, Vance McDonald. I mean, partially because of the quarterback situation kind of was a bust last year. I think, I think Fabs just, he's not going to hit the heights that he did a couple of years ago in Indianapolis, but I think he could be a, a, a nice option there in Pittsburgh, especially with Ben Roethlisberger healthy. Right. I mean, red zone option, right. For Roethlisberger mm-hmm. and big Ben's back, as you mentioned, Boy, did you see big Ben? I mean, he, he's going, I, I don't know what look he's going for. But, the, uh, the Robin Williams I, and I mean, Jumanji it, look. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's like, uh, you know, the just Grizzly Adams going on over there. But <laughs> so I think part of what is going to determine what Ebron's value will be is what the Steelers do with Vance McDonald, who like Vance McDonald is kind of like the new Jared Cook. Um, at least when Jared Cook was playing for like the Titans and the Rams, where everyone was like, oh, Vance McDonald's going to have a big year. And then he ended up sucking. So I don't know what they're going to do with him, but you would think that Ebron is going to see more of the red zone opportunities, more of the touchdowns, and that's where he'll be uh, he'll be more valuable in fantasy. But yeah, tight end two type. Uh, we mentioned the Broncos. Emmanuel Sanders, who was a Bronco, then a 49er, is now going to New Orleans. Um, how we feel? I mean, I've, I think it's a nice move. I don't know that I'm suddenly just going nuts for Emmanuel Sanders, but I think it's, it's a nice move. I think it's a better move for the Saints overall yeah. than it maybe is for Sanders. Me too. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, great, great move for the value of Drew Brees. And um, I have Sanders as a wide receiver four in fantasy. That's about right. That sounds about I, right. I, and a lot of people on Twitter were like, oh, he's going to have a thousand yards and six touchdowns. It's like, did Michael Thomas get hurt? No, they have, they have Traquan. They have, uh, they have, I mean, yeah. So like, it's a nice move for the Saints. Sanders might actually be a really good best ball option. Because you know that he's going to have like a few games where he just has five catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. He just goes crazy in that offense. So I feel like Sanders could be better, maybe better in best ball from a value perspective. And again, traditional redrafts, I say he's 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 a wide receiver four. I mean, he played 17 games last year, couldn't get to a thousand yards, and I get it. The quarterbacks were not that good, but I I don't know that he's going to be uh, putting up huge numbers on a regular basis. Wide receiver four type, middle to late round pick. You know, somebody uh, somebody mentioned this on on Twitter. And I, I don't know. NFL research might know this. Did Emmanuel Sanders set a record for most games played in yeah. a season last yeah, he year? He played seventeen games. Yeah, only he played seventeen games. He played seventeen, and right? then he went all the way to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah. So that, that's got to be right? what, three, three well, postseason games. Two. <laughs> did Randy Moss play in 17 games one year? I can't remember because remember he, he got traded like it was like the Vikings. Right. The Titans, I don't remember. But I, I yeah, Sanders, that's I mean, that's 20 games that he played. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that got to be a record. You, yeah, I would think be. so. It has to be. That's insane. So if because they started off in a divisional round. So if a player played 16 games and went wild, wild card divisional championship Super Bowl, that's 20 also. So right. or or if somebody somehow plays 17 games and goes to the through the whole wild card gauntlet, which. Yeah, right. Exactly. 21. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Wild. Yep. That's yep. that's wild. Uh, last bit of news. Uh, Washington trades for Kyle Allen. You mentioned that they uh, the Panthers go out and add. P.J. Walker from the XFL. Yep. I will admit that I think I watched some XFL football, so I cannot comment on P.J. Walker. As for Kyle Allen, good luck with that. I, I got to imagine they're going to draw. Like, they can't just roll with Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen into next year's quarterback, can they? I, I wonder if the Redskins would have wanted to go after Cam had they known he was going to be a free agent before they traded for Allen because of that Rivera-Cam tie. I don't So – that's going to be the big question in the draft. Do the Redskins go with Chase Young or do they take Tua? Because that's going to change everything. I, I, the Redskins mm-hmm. are in the catbird seat because they can, if they don't want a quarterback and they're going to stick with Haskins, then the, the Dolphins try and trade up and and get to it at at two, and then the Redskins tra- you know drop down a little bit. Do the Lions uh, potentially get in get involved here in a trade if the Redskins? Uh, go after Chase Young, and then the Lions don't really need a quarterback with Stafford there. To, so it's going to be really interesting. But if I'm the Redskins, I'm drafting Tua. Why not? I'm playing right now, quarterback who's got a lot of upside. Right now, they hold so many cards, and there are so many yeah. things they can do. I mean, they can they can mm-hmm. trade down and try to stash draft picks. They can get the guy they want. There are so many things they can do right now. Uh, knowing the history of the organization, they'll probably screw it up. But, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, there you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. Winners and losers. Now that we are through maybe the first real wave of free agency, we're talking about the guys who have moved from one team to another. Uh, at some point, Faz, we, we should do the winners and losers of guys who maybe didn't move, just the ancillary players yeah. on, on on those teams uh, and how they affect it. But right now, we'll just do the guys who, who moved one way or another uh, for the most part. And the first one on our winners list, uh, I mean, it's got to be Tom Brady, right? He he goes yeah. from a place – I know it's weird to say that you leave New England and you end up as the winner, but he goes from having like one pass catcher, one wide receiver in Julian Edelman and I guess James White to just – you have a plethora of riches, El Guapo. Like you have a plethora of friends, El Guapo. Like he's got Chris Godwin. He's got Mike Evans. He's got O.J. Howard. They've got Cameron Brait. They've, he's got weapons. It's something he hasn't had for a couple of years up there in New England. And they get, they might get more in the draft. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Peyton Barber's, you know, a free agent. They got Ronald Jones, nobody else. Uh, so, like, imagine if they go out and draft a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield and, and is uh, a playmaker, which is possible, or another wide receiver. I mean, the sky's the limit for for what the Buccaneers potentially could do on, on the offensive side. And I agree, Brady goes from, if he was in New England – and nothing changed in terms of the weapons, he may not get drafted in 10-team leagues. Now he's a top 10, top 12 quarterback. 
uh, across the board because that offense is very quarterback friendly. We've seen it with Bruce Arians and the quarterbacks that have played for him throughout the years. And Jameis Winston was the QB five last year. And, and you know, this is maybe a, this is shows a flaw in fantasy scoring when a guy throws 30 <laughs> freaking picks and he finishes as a top five player at his position. But I mean, you that's a rant for a different right time. There. Right. I mean, exactly. So, so Brady, if he gives you 4,300 yards and 30 touchdowns, I mean, that's really good. That Dude, like, I'll take that all day long. He's not going to throw 30 picks. He, he probably won't even get into the double digits. Uh, and, right. and if so, and also think about it. Now, the Buccaneers defense should be better this year. Why? Mm-hmm. When, when, when your quarterback throws 30 interceptions, yeah, all right, you're, you're going to be put in places situation. that are going to be hard to succeed yeah. in. So right. <laughs> the defense should be better. But they did give up 28 points a game last year. And you're mm-hmm. going to get in shootouts. You're going to play New Orleans twice a year. You're going to get into shootouts, right? You're going to play Atlanta, twice, play Atlanta a twice a year. <laughs> You're going to get into shootouts. You're playing Aaron Rodgers. You're playing uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You're going to get into mm-hmm. shootouts. So Brady's value moves up exponentially uh, after that move. It's 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 great for 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 Tom Brady's value uh, even at 43 years old. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I, so I wrote a piece about this for NFL.com as well, and I think I sort of talked myself in circles trying to figure out. Because I think for me, the biggest thing is the last few years, Brady has not thrown the ball deep very much. And I, yeah. and right now what we don't know is, is that because they just didn't have consistent deep options that he trusted, or is it because the arm strength is starting to go away? And I don't think we're really going to know the answer to that until we kind of get into what he's doing in Tampa Bay with this Buccaneers offense. Mm-hmm. I will say though, um, Last season, the first six weeks of the year, when he had Josh Gordon, who was a legitimate, you know, downfield option, he was averaging about 20 fantasy points per game. After week six, when Gordon wasn't there anymore, that number dropped to about 15 fantasy points per game. So that makes me wonder, having Mike Evans, having Chris Godwin, two guys who can make plays downfield, will that get him closer to the 20 point per game range? Um, I don't know, but I do think I'm sort of with you. I think he is kind of that that back end of QB1. And I think in a lot of ways, he sort of takes over for what, like, uh, what Philip Rivers used to be, right? That guy that's that's still on the board in the ninth round, tenth round. You draft him. You feel pretty confident about starting him as your quarterback each and every week. He is he is the new patron saint of the Church of Wait on a quarterback, <laughs> right? That's how I I've got him in that Stafford, so. Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill tier. Yeah. That that uh, Carson Wentz, yeah. you know, in that area too. That's where he's going to go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, David Johnson, who yeah, look, it's funny when. He was traded to Houston before we knew who was going back the other way. I was like, hey, this could potentially be a really good move for the Texans. I still think it's a good move for David Johnson because he doesn't have to worry about sharing the ball in the backfield, really. And if he's healthy, um, I feel like they will find ways to get him the football. So, again, I know, Fab, it's a big asterisk about him being healthy and looking like he did in the past. But if he does, I mean, I, I do think he has the sneaky potential to kind of I guess be a sleeper this year. Uh, opportunity, bro. Opportunity, right? I mean, they've got Duke behind him, but you know, Duke's not a featured back. David Johnson was right. brought in to be the guy. Now, keep in mind that in the six games that he played to start last season, he averaged over twenty points a game. He was doing really well, and then the injuries popped up, and suddenly Kenyon Drake is acquired, and that's the end of David Johnson. He he's not an old dude. I don't think he's washed up. He is a player who can be utilized as a pass catcher as well. So he's got the versatility. It's all about his health. 
If David Johnson can stay healthy for 14 games, he's an RB2. Easy, easy. Top-tier RB2. Maybe back into the RB1s. Easy. I mean, the Texans traded away their best pass catcher in New Hopkins. <laughs> so David Johnson could get opportunities and will get opportunities as a pass receiver. And this is an offense that Car- Carlos Hyde had over 1,000 yards rushing. Yeah, If Carlos Hyde can do it, David Johnson can easily do it. It's all about whether or not he stays healthy. He's, he's one of those risk-reward running backs that people are going to draft somewhere I would say in the in the third or fourth round uh in that same category as a Todd Gurley there you go uh Stefan Diggs getting out of Minnesota going to Buffalo um I don't know I mean I know we have a push section I I feel like maybe he's a <laughs> yeah. push yeah. I don't know I don't know how are we feeling about that so I I say he's a winner only because I mean, he had 94 targets last year. There's no way he's going to have fewer than, I'd say, 115. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think John Brown had about 114 last year. Diggs' targets are going up. They gave up a lot of draft capital to get him. So his targets are going to go up. He's got a big-arm quarterback in Josh Allen who's going to look for him deep in the vertical passing game. So uh, he's still a wide receiver too, Marcus. I think he's a little mm-hmm. bit more attractive as a wide receiver too now, especially with Minnesota beginning of the year, like, they weren't throwing him the football. They were running the ball like crazy, and he just wasn't happy there. And, and sometimes a change of scenery is, is a good thing for uh, for a pro athlete. So I like him as a wide receiver too, more than I did uh, when he was in Minnesota. And the targets are going to go up. The opportunity should go up. So he'll see a slight uptick in value. All right. Um, Hayden Hurst gets out of Baltimore where he was in the shadow of Mark Andrews. He goes to Atlanta, taking over for uh, Austin Hooper, who is no longer there. This, I as soon as I saw this trade, I'm like, this is huge. I loved Hayden Hurst. He just wasn't getting the opportunities. Now I think he will get those targets that, that I was wanting him to get previously. Yeah, I mean, like the big joke for the Ravens was like they had 100 tight ends. Now it's the Bears who have 100 tight ends. But, <laughs> but Hurst, I, I think 18th or 19th overall pick a couple of years ago. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like everyone loved him. Uh, and he just didn't, it didn't work out in Baltimore, but now you go to a team that lost Austin Hooper and Austin Hooper was a top five fantasy tight end who had over 90 targets. I'm not saying Hurst's going to have 90 targets, but the opportunities are going to be there for Hayden Hurst. And he's a good pass catching option. Matt Ryan likes to throw to his tight ends. I mean, we've seen it throughout his career, whether it's been Austin Hooper or Tony Gonzalez. So it's a good fit. He, he's going to be a tight end too, uh, and he could end up pushing for uh, low tight end one numbers uh, in 2020. No doubt. Uh, on the flip side, the guys who did not make out very well. We talked about <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Uh, I mean, that's Fabs. He's just he's in a bottleneck now. And look, I I mean, I know he kind of shared a role with Austin Eckler, but he was for real the real the lead dog there. Um, this is a lot muddier there in Denver's this, this is an absolute downgrade for Melvin Gordon. Yeah, no, it is. He he's typically an RB one. Now he's an RB three. I'd say low, low, low end RB two. If you're in bigger leagues, because he's going to get the ball, he'll get the ball near the goal line. But I mean, Lindsay's Lindsay's a playmaker. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to really compare it to Cleveland situation because, uh, because I, you know, Kareem Hunt is just a phenomenal pass catcher and is going to be utilized a lot in the passing game. And I mean, Melvin Gordon has shown that he could catch the ball at the backfield too. And and Lindsay's Lindsay's fine at doing that as well. But these guys have a lot of similarities, right? I mean, like the both explosive guys who can take it to the house. Anytime they touch the football, they're exciting to watch very fast, elusive, but you, you have to always wonder, okay, Maybe Melvin Gordon gets the first few series and then they bring in Lindsay and then you get <laughs> right. down inside the 20. It doesn't matter, you know, 
who you may want to see out there, likely Gordon, if if it's Lindsay series, then Lindsay gets the opportunities. And at some point it's going to drive you insane. And that's why well, I feel like Gordon is a guy that I, I could take as a three as a, as a high three, but that's probably about it. I'm not comfortable uh, starting him like I would have been otherwise. Uh, in past I mean, my, my other fear there is that one guy just gets hot one game and, and they just ride that guy. And suddenly, exactly. you know, your exactly. guy is just sitting on the sideline because he just is not mm-hmm. playing quite as well that yep. week. And that, yep. that's going to drive um, Austin Hooper mm-hmm. leaving Atlanta. He goes to Cleveland. Uh, I think, you know, we talk about ancillary winners. Baker Mayfield is a big winner in free agency between getting Austin Hooper. Uh, they signed Jack Conklin to kind of yep. protect mm-hmm. him there. But Hooper, mm-hmm. the target share is just not going to be there in Cleveland the way it was in Atlanta. When Because look, David Njoku is still walking around there in Cleveland. Uh, yep. We know the wide receivers they have. You mentioned Kareem Hunt. Hooper's just not going to see the ball at the same level. So I feel like he he yeah. definitely lost out here. I, I mean, he was averaging almost 15 fantasy points per game uh, you know, last season, uh, third most in the league. That's never going to happen in Cleveland. You've got OBJ. You've got Jarvis Landry. You've got Njoku and Kareem Hunt, as you mentioned. You've got uh, – you do have a coach that likes to run a lot of 12 personnel, which they'll be able to do with Njoku and Hooper. But uh, opportunities are down. Uh, if, if Hooper had stayed in Atlanta, he's a top four tight end easy top four and in Cleveland I've dropped him down to he's still a tight end one because the position is scrap at this point (laughs) but I have him ranked eighth right now and there's no you know there might be a scenario where I drop him down even further but he's probably still going to end up being a top 10 tight end but the ceiling took a massive hit uh, when he went to Cleveland yeah and you mentioned Baker Mayfield and we could talk about that too uh, on another podcast one of the big winners and players that didn't change teams for sure. Yeah, no, he absolutely mm-hmm. wins. Uh, yeah. Other tight ends, Jason Witten going out to the desert, which, you know, I know older <laughs> folks tend to retire in the desert. It's good for the bones <laughs> and the joints. Yeah. Uh, for Jason Witten's fantasy value, though, I don't know how great it's going to be. I mean, look, he was a, what, he was, I think, tight end 11 or 12 11. last year, mm-hmm. which really says more about the position than it did about what Witten did on the field. But, I think in in Vegas, right? He's just veteran leadership, right? He's just there to yeah. mentor guys like like uh, Darren Waller, like Moreau. I, I can't imagine him getting enough time on the field, getting enough snaps or targets to actually wow. make a difference in fantasy. No, and the Raiders only played fifteen point eight percent of their offensive snaps in twelve personnel last year, so they didn't use it very much. Maybe that changes, but yeah, Witten's he's not draftable at this point, which breaks my heart as a Cowboys fan <laughs> because I love Jason Witten, and it sucks that he's going to another team, but. But Blake Jarwin, watch out. He's going to end up being a – he could end up being the top 12 tight end. And, again, something we could talk about next uh, – the next podcast. Yeah. Blake Jarwin's value is going up, going up. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that I think a lot of people like. They like his athleticism. It just – he had Witten in his way last year. So, that, that, that hurt. Although, you know, it's funny because, so like, the, uh, the most – one of the most recent Monday Night Football color analysts is now being coached by a past Monday Night Football color analyst. It's like – that's right. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's how they all connected. The Cowboys gave Jarwin twenty-four million dollars for three years. So I mean, wow, they gonna they, use they like him. They are yeah. going to use him. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. They're going to use him. Uh, guys who sort of went laterally, I guess, in terms of uh, their opportunities. New Hopkins, the first one. It's a huge name. Uh, we talk about ancillary winners. Kyler Murray, obviously, a huge winner in this whole deal. But for Nuke, I mean, look, he was the leading target in Houston. I would imagine he probably comes over and ends up being the leading target 
in in Arizona. I mean, look, Fabs, when you were already a top two or three fantasy wideout, there's not much higher you can really go at this right. point. <laughs> I've got him three. I've got MT at one, and I've got Devonte at two, and then Nuke at three. He's going to see 150 targets in the offense. He did last year right. with with Houston. They, they play fast. They're going to throw the football. Kyler Murray can can chuck it downfield. It's it's, it's going to be that offense is going to be fun as hell to watch. It's going to be so much fun mm-hmm. to watch with the weapons that they have. And you know, Kenyon Drake signed his transition tax, so he's back in the mix as well. That's going to be a fun offense to watch. And New Hopkins probably late first rounder, early second rounder in most redrafts. Uh, yeah, uh, one we didn't really talk about a whole lot, but Jordan Howard uh, signs with the Miami Dolphins. Um, they they need a running back. I mean, I, I can't imagine they're going to survive with Ryan Fitzpatrick leading the team in rushing again this year. So that means plenty of opportunity. I mean, I, I like Jordan Howard. I think he's a good running back. I think in this age of guys who have to catch the football in order to be really on the field for like three downs, that's going to hurt him. But I still like the opportunity for him. Yeah, I, so – I have him as a push because he's going to be exactly in the same scenario in Miami that he was in Philadelphia last year. Miami is drafting a running back. There's no way they're not drafting a running back. Okay. Jordan Howard only got a two-year deal. He's not the future of that backfield. They're going to draft DeAndre Swift. They're going to draft Jonathan Taylor. They're going to draft a running back. I don't know if it's going to be in the first round, but they do have three picks. So if, if they take a back, which they will, it's gonna You're going to end up having a committee. So last year, everyone was on Miles Sanders. Right? Graham loved the Miles Sanders. And, I love Miles Sanders too. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> he he didn't really come into his own in fantasy until what happened. Jordan Howard went down. In fact, there was a, a good stretch of the season where Jordan Howard was more valuable than Miles Sanders, and that was driving people nuts, including us. But when Jordan Howard went down, there was a four game stretch at late in the season when Jordan Howard had that injury. Miles Sanders averaged almost twenty points a game. So. Yeah. When you come in to this Miami backfield, right now as it stands, Jordan Howard is going to be the starter, but you got to look past the draft. And once Miami drafts a running back, Jordan Howard's no longer guaranteed to be the starter. He could end up being in the same scenario he was last year where he's splitting time with a younger guy and maybe getting some goal line opportunities. So right now I say he's a flex starter. I think that's probably going to end up being uh, a decreased as we get through the draft and, uh, and the Dolphins go after that running back in the future. Uh, last one, Marcus Mariota, who you know, obviously was sort of pushed out of his job in Tennessee when Ryan Tannehill came in. Now he signs with the Raiders on what is very much a prove-it deal, right? It's a pretty low salary with a ton of incentives uh, thrown in there. Are, are we expecting a quarterback competition coming in Vegas this season between Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr? Yep. They wouldn't have brought him in otherwise. <laughs> and remember, Mike Mayock had Marcus Mariota ranked as his number one quarterback the year that he came out. And so he likes him and Derek Carr and I love Derek. Okay. But Derek Carr, if he goes into a stretch where the Raiders are losing games and he's not playing well, you can't tell me that John Gruden's not going to have a hook. That's pretty quick and bring in Mariota and try to spark that offense because they've got some weapons now, right? That they added Nelson Aguilar. They're going to add weapons through the draft. No question about that. So this is a team that, you know, off on the offensive side of the football, if Derek Carr is not getting it done, Marcus Mariota will be brought in and utilized and who knows, he could Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, which like <laughs> Tannehill took over for him last season. Well, who knows? 
I think it's funny though because I feel like in a lot of ways Derek Carr and Ryan T- or, uh, and Marcus Mariota are are similar quarterbacks, right? They're guys who don't take a lot of chances. They're very conservative with the football. They don't throw a lot of interceptions. Neither one of them, but then they also don't really force a lot of big plays down the field. Maybe the big difference though is that Mariota can run a little bit more. I, yeah, I, just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than that, I'm, I'm not really sure where, where they go with that. And if the Raiders add like if they get like a CD Lamb, for example, or a Jerry Judy in the draft. Uh, you know, you, Renfro Renfro was decent last last year as a rookie. Tyrell Williams is in the mix. You've got Darren Waller as well. So, hey, hey, what's hey, up? We've got a co-host here. What's up? Everybody say hi, Quentin. Say hi to everybody. This show just got 100 times more cute <laughs> with Q in there. So, so yeah, I, Mario is not going to get drafted in, in fantasy leagues, but I'd be shocked if he didn't make start for the Raiders. Look, <laughs> he doesn't agree with me. He's like, yeah, I think I don't think he, he agrees with that take. Um, well, I guess that takes us to what what is the end of the show here now? And our, our since we are all social media distancing away, I figured we should like just take this time to kind of talk about some of the things we're doing to kind of help us survive this situation right now. Uh, just yeah, whatever, chatting this thing out. So my my first question, at least for this episode, is now that we're all kind of you know quarantined at home what are we watching uh you know is there anything movies tv shows you're binge watching what are you what are you guys watching right now so uh anna and i are watching that uh little fires everywhere on hulu uh i just started watching that tiger king thing which eddie said is awesome i watched one episode so i'm watching that tiger king thing now too okay i'm watching because i'm a wrestling fan and i didn't realize the dark side of the ring i didn't even know that that was out so i guess maybe i'm not as good of a wrestling fan but that is on (laughs) uh what network is it? i can't remember but um i I have that now on demand so i've been watching some of that and like i always curb your enthusiasm Eddie. I mean, we yeah. could do a whole podcast about how freaking hilarious and great it was. And it was a heartbreaking moment <laughs> to watch the last episode air on Sunday. But like I can binge watch the hell out of Curb from season one through season 10. And it's just it's tremendous. Curb was awesome. This last awesome. this last season. Yeah, it was a good rebound from the, the one the one prior. I mean, you just knew, obviously, a show like that. Um, it's always going to end poorly for, for Larry David. Also on HBO, I'll recommend. I know people did not like season two as much as season one, but Westworld season three is back with uh, Aaron Paul. Marshawn Lynch is in it. And through the first <laughs> two episodes, um, I'll say that it's a lot more um, it's easier to understand. And I think the direction they're going for is a lot more exciting than it was the second season. So I, I was going to say, if you're if you kind of fell off the. Um, the bandwagon of, uh, of Westworld try to get back on for season three. And then yeah, Tiger King um, Netflix is known for their true crime docs and they have all these like pretty much basic murder mysteries. This one is like the characters themselves. I shouldn't say characters. They're real people are absolutely insane. Um, it involves <laughs> cults It involves weird relationships it involves exotic animals like, you know, tigers and lions <laughs> and, and, and craziness. Bears, oh my. Uh, bear, yeah, everything. And then um, and then, yeah, also they, they sprinkle in a, a crazy murder. Um, it. I've never seen anything like it. I if that that's that's my ringing endorsement of it. It is absolutely wild. All right. I'm, I'm, in. I'm in. Um, yeah, I've, you know what? I've watched, uh, I, I am on the Westworld train. I haven't watched episode two yet. I may try to do that sometime today. Get, get that in. Um, you know, I've watched a couple episodes of McMillions, which has been really interesting yes. about the, uh, the, yeah, I'm about halfway through that yeah. Monopoly game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've watched a couple episodes of that. Uh, I actually have been going back 
and starting from episode one, rewatching Better Call Saul mm. because I actually hadn't watched I hadn't watched season four and I haven't watched any of this final season. Yeah, so I'm same. going through and watching that. And it's I mean, one, I just remember how well done it is. But it's also just kind of fun to see and remember all the little Breaking Bad tie ins that pop up mm-hmm. uh, all throughout the show. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm definitely doing that. And what I what we'll probably do is uh, end up watching a couple episodes of the most recent season of Ozark because the next season of Ozark yes. comes out on Friday. Yes. So, yes, yes, yes. Uh, looking forward. So we'll probably go back and watch maybe the last two or three episodes of season of the most recent season. So that's season two, I guess. Um, yes. So that we can, uh, yeah, kind of get ready for what's coming with, uh, you know, with those folks in Ozark. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty. Uh, I mean, we ain't, we ain't got anywhere to go. So there's plenty. I, I've actually, I've actually like tried to, because I love horror movies and like that kind of thing. So I've been, I've been looking through Netflix for some horror movies. But I mean, some of these things are so bad, like you can't even get through the first 50 minutes. You're like, oh, this is just, this is just awful. Uh, I did watch, awful. you know, I rewatched Tomorrow Never Dies. I hadn't seen that movie in a long time. Oh, man. Yeah, the, uh, the Pierce Brosnan. But I forgot yeah. that the premise was James Bond fights fake news. Like, that's the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's kind of corny. It's kind of hokey. Uh, but like, you know, for a late night, just I, I don't want to go to sleep yet sort of watch. It was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It stinks yeah. for me. Like I grew up thinking, like, oh, Pierce Brosnan is James Bond, not realizing like how many there are before him, and then obviously Daniel Craig comes after him, and then you go back and kind of watch all his his chunk of movies, and you're like, oh, they're all kind of whatever, and like Daniel Craig ends up being corny. in a bunch of really good ones, and I guess now yeah. I have, like changed my brain, like, no, 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 Pierce Brosnan, despite me thinking that is James Bond, is actually just one of James Bond, and probably not one of the top James Bonds. No, I mean, you know, Sean Connery, I think, is still the standard. Although Daniel Craig's yeah. been very good. Yeah. I will admit that that my favorite James Bond movie is a Roger Moore movie. Yeah, Roger uh, Moore, li- man. That's live, who I grew Living Let Die is Bond. probably my favorite James Bond movie. I don't I don't pretend that it's the best one, but it's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, I still actually honestly, I have never seen the George Lazenby movie. I have never actually seen On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I'll have to go find that and dig that up somewhere. I'm sure it's on like Amazon Prime or something. So I'm sure it's somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, I watched um, because now you can watch movies at home that are in the theater. I watched the mm-hmm. Invisible Man. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was, I mean, <laughs> not unlike um, I think it was it was it Hollow Man. Was that with Kevin Bacon? I remember that one yeah. years, years ago? Uh-huh. Um, right. And Elizabeth Shue. That was that was pretty good too. So if you're home and you're bored and you need a movie, that one's uh, that one's pretty decent. It's great. All those right. are out on demand. I, I wish more companies would just start following that suit and just well, do it well that, I think nobody's going to the movie theater now so you might as well yeah if this keeps going on that's that's gonna happen it's absolutely mm-hmm. gonna happen so yeah all right all right there you go that is it we are done we appreciate you downloading listening and, and watching if you're watching as always you know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends rate review and remember consider a liquid diet because after three drinks you won't care what you weigh take care of yourselves we will see you on thursday You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.